I'm your host, Joshua Potts, always with a brother with the same mother, Aaron Potts, Super Hot Potts, and one of your favorite two black runners coming at you every single Two Black Tuesday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. back on another two black tuesday it's definitely tuesday somewhere and we're so glad just that you guys are listening to us once again episode 44 in the middle of black history month and we got a great podcast for you guys i think you guys are really gonna enjoy this i think it's gonna be great conversation from this podcast and aaron how excited are you for our guest bro hey man i'm super excited for our guest today you know the title of the podcast is creating black history and this is someone that has created black history. So I think we have a really good, interesting conversation today. And whether it's your first time listening to us or you're returning, we are just so thankful to have you on the podcast with us. And if you can, just everybody listening right now, I want you just, let's just pause for, pause the podcast for a second. Go down, make sure you rate it, you know, five, five stars. Cause you know, you love us. Give us that five stars, you know, and leave a quick little review. Just do that for us. That really would be helpful. We're trying to grow this thing, take it to the next level. So if you could find it in your hearts, please your heart. just go go rate that real quick. Just go rate that. Rate Leave a little positive comment and then come back and we got the fire for you. You know? Fire. Fire. Tell them, tell them where it's at, bro, because we got great podcasts. We got great hosts. Exactly. We got great, we got great guests and we got great topics coming your way. And let me speak on our guest right now is a phenomenal athlete. He just did really big things at the end of 2020, but also he's a three-time NAIA national champion. Last year in 2020, he finished 23rd at the 2020 Olympic trials in the marathon. And also, he's the fastest U.S.-born African-American ever to run the marathon of a time of 2 hours, 11 minutes, and 52 seconds. We got Nathan Martin on the podcast uh, this week in the middle of Black History Month, creating Black history, bro. Nathan, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good after that introduction. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's been pretty crazy, definitely a wild journey, and um, you know, I guess it led me to you guys and, you know, excited to kind of tell my story. Yeah. And that's even like you just said, it led it led you to us. And before you did, you you had your amazing race at the Marathon Project and ran that to 11 and create black, created black history. Like I didn't even know that was something that was recorded. You know, I didn't know there was somebody I, I didn't know. No one ever told me like I grew up running and no one was ever like, hey, you know, there was this guy that that ran 211 you know you're 49th all time so like that that's no joke of a time is it how does it how does it feel like when you first heard like hey you're the fastest black um american to to run the marathon what was like your initial thoughts towards that stat yeah like originally um you know we weren't really thinking about it right we kind of went into the race and our only goal was you know hopefully we can hit a good enough PR to be able to get into bigger races because we have been struggling um, to just get into the races we needed to to kind of showcase our talents and what we could do. And um, so, yeah, my only focus was a hit a good time and see what it can bring. And obviously, it brought and I thought it was going to um, and definitely was the case for the record. Um, you know, I wasn't really aware of the record myself um, when I heard I broke it, um, which kind of made me feel like a little bit bad. 
Um, but yeah, somebody reached out to me and like, hey, you know, you broke this record, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to try and just keep on pushing and seeing where I can uh, get my body to. And they like responded back with this huge, long, like Instagram message. Like, I don't think you get it and get how big this is. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, maybe I don't. And um, just kind of after that, things kind of started exploding. And I'm like, oh, wow, I need to kind of understand just how big this is. And and um, yeah, just what it kind of represents and stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's really crazy. Like Aaron said, I never knew this was stat. I want to see the record book. I'm trying to see who these other people are behind you. Like who who's really who's really detailing all this information and looking where these people come from. Like I think it's just really interesting. And one thing I wanted to put in because like. I, I think it's really cool, and especially like for me, because I feel like I'm not that good in cross country. So to make cross country like fun for me is like when I when I step to the line, I'm all like, I want to be the first black guy to cross this line today. Like that's literally sometimes the thought that goes through my mind. Sometimes I do not succeed. I'm, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. <laughs> but sometimes I I kind of lower my standards. Like I'm gonna be the first black guy with the flat top and with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles socks to cross the line. And sometimes <laughs> I do succeed in that in that department. But it really is is just a, a great thing to like happen so like after you started getting all these like podcast requests and everything like you and everything like that how did your mind kind of change and how did it uh how did it how did that impact how did the impact change of the record that you broke um yeah so like one big thing i just started realizing was like one um like we were just talking about how you know there wasn't a big awareness um of the record right and um, there, there could be a lot of different reasons for that. Um, mm-hmm. But just being able to, to just be a representation of what Af- African-Americans can accomplish, um, I, I really resonated with, with kind of breaking the record in that sense. And so all these different podcasts I've been on, I've been trying to talk about that a little bit, and especially a lot when people kind of bring it up and want to talk about it. Um, just because obviously, you know, it took... 41 years for the record to get broken and you're not going to convince me that it was because there was a lack of talent for 41 years. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if anything, if breaking this record becomes just something for somebody to aspire to, to say, you know what, I've seen that guy around or, or that's somebody I can look to and say, you know what, I'm going to try and be as good as them or even better. Um, that's kind of how I think about it right now. And, um, yeah, I don't know ultimately like the 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 span I have or like kind of influence I have, but I hope that's yeah. one of the things that people inspire to to achieve something better than what they thought they could. So. Yeah, I like what you said there because you know you said forty one years until since that record that record stood for forty one years because I think some people um, will look at this and be like, oh, so he ran. 211 he's 49th all time but did he win the marathon project like you know some people might just be like oh so like why why does it matter but to your point you know it's been 41 years since another black a black male ran 211 and maybe a part of that playing was just that you know i mean 211 41 years ago was moving you know so like why why did we not grow up me and joshua grew up running track why did we not know about this person ever? And maybe that would have made us think like, hey, maybe Marathon isn't just for, you know, white people and people um, like Kenyans and Ethiopians. 
Um, is that is that some some of the things that you like kind of learned from this experience? Would you say? Yeah, and like one thing too is, is I'm a coach, right? And um, I coach in an inner city, and it like I mean, in general, any any um high school or whatever that somebody would coach at, it's hard to get kids into cross country because there's so many sports pulling for people's yeah. attention. Like right now, really big, especially um, for cross country, is like soccer pulls a lot of kids away. Um, from mm-hmm. the sport, but um, just in general, um, just stuff like football and basketball are really big ones that just from a young age, that's what people see. They see the stars and then that's who they want to become. Right. And so um, just being able again to, to see it from that aspect um, is really good. So um, like just have is there was one kid um, um, and he was a black kid and he, he was fast, right? He, I want to say he only went to, he started in eighth grade and he probably only went to a few weeks of practice and went five flat in a mile, which I don't know if you guys roughly know times for an eighth grader, but coming off, you know, coming off of nothing and, and running a five flat is pretty ridiculous. And so we went, we talked to him, we said, hey, you know, you have all this potential. We'd really like to see you in cross country, believe you. You have something special and we want to help you develop it. Um, but yeah, we just we just couldn't get him. He kinda of went to football and, and kinda of from there, I'm not sure if he just had, you know, not a good structure at home, but he kinda of, his grades didn't go well and I'm not even sure if he's in school anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and it's those kind of things that show me, hey, there needs to be better representation and um, you know, people fighting to say, Hey, this is something worthwhile and you need to push to do it type thing. I love the story that that anecdote that you just said, because I remember having this conversation with Aaron before, I think uh, in 2020, either on our IG live or here on the podcast and just talking about, I feel like uh, a lot of black kids who are younger, I feel like, or even just minority kids, we often like drift towards like going playing football when we're like youth football or like AAU basketball or even soccer sometimes. Cause like the coaches aren't often black as well. And being like at home and seeing like, I'm not going to get that parent seeing that I'm not going to, my, my son or my daughter is not going to get that black figure as their head coach. I feel like can often be a reason why they're not going to put their kid in cross country, why they're not going to put their kid even in track sometimes, at least when it comes to distance, but especially then to be able just to grow up in like a football like background. And now to like, you go to, I, I just, I just, for speaking for me, like someone that grew up running, I started running cross country when I was 12. And so, but my coach was, my coaches were Mexican. And then I, even my high school coaches were Mexican, but to see like a black coach would just be, now my coach is black, my my uh, coach in college, to have a black coach is something like, dang, this is something I never experienced before. Like, this is dope. A black coach that can actually, like, I can talk distance about like all the time, bro, you know, all the stats. Yeah. And everything like that it's something that's definitely different it's some it's a role model that people don't see all the time so like being that role model for those kids uh right now in the inner city as a cross-country coach like i feel like you have to like stick out as a sore thumb and how has that like just changed your perspective on life just in general being like that being that one in 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 a coaching role and in that leadership position yeah i mean the the biggest thing too is 
want to go and it obviously it doesn't have to be just a certain group of kids it's whoever wants to join cross country right yeah. and yeah. i just want to make sure that whatever i'm doing i'm showing them uh, a way to achieve um the potential they have right and so you know it's it's you know if they look at me and say oh my goodness it's awesome that you know all this stuff or it's awesome that you're black and i can look up to you great um, but ultimately, I'm there to find out, you know, whether they end up being college runners or these amazing runners, you know, post collegiately. You know, I'm there to figure out what's best for them and how to push them forward. And that's really what kind of drives me to coach. Like, ultimately, it, it's awesome being able to spread my knowledge about running and seeing, you know, how that affects and makes somebody faster. Um, but it's way more on how it ultimately impacts them and gets them further in life just in general. Um, it's kind of how I think about things. So I'm not sure if I answer your question or not. But No, I think you did. Because I think just in general, like being in that le leadership position and like not even, you don't knowingly have to like go out and do it because like I want to, I want to, uh, I want to break the barrier or anything like that. Even if the, even if their barrier doesn't even really exist, but just like knowingly being in that position and even being in that position as being like somebody aspiring to be like a runner. Like there's there's several avenues that like I feel like that you hit that you're able to show like show these kids like bro you can keep on dreaming like even though like I, I'm still trying to get to the places that I want to be like I'm struggling to get in these big races but I'm still accomplishing things on the way so I think I I always feel like being someone that's been running since they were five and being around club sports club sports like being a coach and like it's such a vital position and then being and on top of that, like being a good coach, then on, then on top of that, being just a good person as like a good coach can go such a long way for so many different kids. Cause just to have that type of role model in their life. And I think in cross country, there's there, if there were more black coaches and more black role models like that in cross, we would definitely have more black kids running cross as well. But that's just how it is right now in America, I guess you, you could say. Yeah. And like, it's, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's up to whoever to find it within them to, to believe, to achieve something right. But, um, it's a lot harder when you, again, don't have like good representation because you're going to gravitate towards, you know, what your friends are, are okay with or what your friends decide are cool to do. And that's most of the time what kids end up doing. Like I have a lot of people on my current cross country team that just joined because um, they have friends in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like if somebody's strong enough and bold enough to have any kind of reason, then that's going to pull more people to the sport. But um, it ultimately depends on what, what people feel comfortable with. And, you know, if it's, you know, if me being um, black gets more black kids into it, then that's definitely something awesome I'm going to try and use. Um, but ultimately, it's what's going to grow them overall and what's going to grow the sport overall. Um, it's kind of how I think. So, Hey, y'all, let me just jump in real quick and thank our sponsor, Tracksmith, for partnering with the Two Black Runners podcast. It's so great to partner with Tracksmith, this Boston-based running apparel brand that really believe that stories have the power to both inspire the next generation and grow the sport. That's the same thing we're doing here at the Two Black Runners podcast. That's why we brought on Nathan Martin to not only talk about his story, but to share his story and to be able to inspire that next generation of any type of minority, any creed, any gender to go out there and run longer distances and to be able 
to join this culture of running and keep this thing and push the sport forward. So since Tracksmith and Two Black Runners were kind of just going hand in hand at this point, Tracksmith is offering $15 off your first purchase of $75 or more when you use the code CULTURE15 at Tracksmith.com. That's C-U-L-T-U-R-E 15 at Tracksmith.com. So use that code. Tracksmith is with us all the way, partnering with the Two Black Runners podcast and trying to just make this podcast bigger and better and grow the sport for the next generation. Thank you so much, Tracksmith, for sponsoring and partnering with the Two Black Runners podcast. Yeah, and I, and I think, too, at the core of what you're saying, like no matter who, what, no matter what kid comes out uh, to run for you, you, you're trying to create a better create a better person and help them, you know, find themselves and get to that, that next opportunity. Um, but, but since we're on that subject, when you were in high school or whenever you began to run, did you immediately just notice the disparity between, um, black people in, in running and distance versus, um, the white, white white people? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough when you're a kid, right? Like, (laughs) you don't really pay, like, you just get used to stuff, right? Clearly, there was, like, a huge disparity, but, like, you just get used to it, like, you know, not, like, saying it's, you know, bad to see so many white people when you're running or just in class in general, but it's, like, just what you get used to, so you just don't think about it, right? So, um, even when I started joining cross country, like, obviously, the majority of my teammates were white, um... You know, we might have had, like, a few black kids, maybe Hispanic, but, like, for the most part, it was white. And, um, you know, at that point, when I was younger, uh, really, it was about pushing myself and seeing how far I could get with that. And running was just one of the biggest avenues to do that. Like, it just, I felt the freest being able to to my all to something and seeing what it can produce. And you know, early on, it did not work out the best. Like, I think I wasn't even you know, 20th or 30th in a gym class when I first started running, but I don't know if it was perseverance or because I wanted it more than other people, but um, yeah, just eventually I started being first or second and people were like, hey, you should run cross country. Then eventually I ran cross country and I was usually first or second on the team. And, you know, from that point, it was just kind of history from how I progressed. But yeah, so it was like something that I really didn't think about unless people kind of brought it up and um, definitely when people would bring it up, I'd kind of notice it and think about it for a little bit, but then I just like, eh, whatever, you know, just kind of focus on myself. So, I mean, ultimately that's all you can, can really do. I mean, being, being a black distance runner as well, like it's just, that's just what it's going to be. Like there's going to, you're going to be, you're going to be a, a minority out there, but you're at the end of the day, you're out there to compete and to, to do your best to take it to that next level. One thing I wanted to touch on too, was just. Well, I was looking up where you were from and everything, and it's a pretty small, small town out in Michigan. You didn't go to college. You went to Spring Arbor, which is about like an hour or so away. What has it been like just kind of staying in your in your like area in Michigan? Where do you train and where do you train out? Are you still around that same that same area uh, like your college? Yeah. Area? So right now I'm training in um, Spring Arbor, Jackson area, which is where Spring Arbor University is, is roughly in that area. Um, so I didn't go too far um, from it. I just kind of stayed around the area because I was still working with my coach. And um, so it was the best thing to do. So I kind of stayed um, around here, um, started getting into something. Okay. 
then eventually coaching. And so it just kind of kept me around here. Um, but yeah, the, you know, I love the atmosphere, you know, I love connecting with people and I think you can do that way better, you know, when you keep the community small, not to say that I don't want to branch mm. out and, and reach out to more people or be connected with more people. Um, but it's a lot harder because like kind of the, the bigger things get, the more people kind of get to themselves. Um, and so being able to just stay with a core group and then, you know, expand upon what they can do and then maybe even they expand upon more, I think is a, is a, in my opinion, one of the better ways to approach, you know, community building. Um, but obviously outreach is really good too, which I can't, we're going to get into a different subject there, but, um, yeah, no, it's been uh, definitely interesting. Were you a hometown hero when you came back from the marathon project? Cause like you were killing it. In, in college there you kind of stayed in that area kept training like i feel like you have like a rep imagine, in your town I, of being that fast i dude. imagine you being like running um, yeah. running through like spring Arbor, yeah. then like that lebron james commercial or rocky balboa commercial like everybody just starts everybody just start <laughs> kind of starts running with you like you're running they start honking like nathan nathan and then like you get all the kids i don't know it's just it's, it seems a small <laughs> town you get like free coffee or something like you gotta be to get some type of perks for being the fastest black marathoner ever like come on you yeah. probably just a few extra honks and waves when i'm running really but um <laughs> no obviously people were very aware of why just because um of all the olympic trial stuff and qualifying yeah. for that um and even before that obviously i was doing a lot at spring arbor as a runner just getting different national titles and stuff and um, so people were aware of me, but definitely the marathon project, I noticed a, like a whole nother level. Like I was going to Jimmy John's one day and it's like random kids like, aren't you that guy that like broke some record or something? I'm like, yeah, I just broke a national record. And he was like, yeah, I saw that all over Facebook. I'm like, oh, that's cool, I guess. At least you saw my face and recognized it, which I mean, yeah. obviously hey. for, for running in and of itself, that's pretty powerful, right? Because, you know, if I had been like a basketball player, like, people yeah. would like know all my stats and stuff by now. Um, but the yeah. fact that people can recognize me and see me and see me running around, I think is awesome I too. So. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, my name's uh, Alu Kip Chode. I just broke a few hours in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, like so many people i there's so much i could have said like um even my friend group like it took me so long it, it it took them like two weeks before they stopped saying i broke a world record <laughs> hey that's that's funny that's funny they're just showing showing love for real hey but another thing too like stripping away uh stripping away race what does it mean to for you to just be the number forty nine American all time? Like top, your top fifty all time. Like, how does it how does it feel? Um, I'm not sure. It kind of feels like when people ask you, "Do you feel any older <laughs> on your birthday?" I'm like, uh, uh-uh. I, I guess I feel different. Maybe I, you know, and it's probably because I don't really dwell on that kind of stuff too much. Yeah. You know, I focus on whether or not I gave the effort I have for today, and if I did, I feel good. And it's awesome. And then I kind of, you know, go about my business from there and use it to, you know, push myself forward or to, you know, use it to impact and and um, kind of inspire people to do the same. But, yeah, I know it's pretty cool knowing I'm top 50, um, you know, definitely trying to still grasp that and try and understand like, oh, my goodness, there's like only 50 people who've 
who've uh, ran fast. Well, technically forty-eight who ran faster. So it's um yeah, it's crazy. Man, it's like cool. looking back to when like you first started running the marathon, because to me right now, like running a marathon, at least definitely that fast seems uh just out of this world. Like I feel like my legs would probably fall off or something or tear a muscle trying to run two eleven pace. But like looking back to like your first marathon, how does it just feel? How do you feel like how far you've come since then, or even just from being like how you were describing earlier, being that kid in gym class, like not being the fastest and now you're running 26.2 flying like coming since that development and looking back did you ever think that you would hit this 211 mark or how far do you think you can take this as well that is a good question um so a really good really good context for you guys um i started off in eighth grade middle school um, and I ran a 503 mile, yeah. which again is pretty fast for a middle schooler. But obviously, there's no way you can comprehend turning that into 26 miles yeah. slightly faster without stopping, right? <laughs> um, so it was one of those things where, again, you know, I just kind of looked a few steps ahead and say, well, what's the next step? What can I accomplish? And um, yeah, I guess that process throughout the years led me to all different things that I've achieved. Um, but ultimately with the pinnacle being the 211.05, so. And, and I just wanted to kind of move into this too. What is it, what was it like growing up in your area? You know, Three Rivers, Michigan. Um, we just, we were like looking at the census too there. It's only 10% black. It sounds like a, a small town as well. And you kind of, you kind of were a, a star in high school. Like you ended up running 415. I, I believe you were like third third fastest in the state that year what was it like just what was it like just growing up there um i mean I, like i can't compare it to any other place because i don't you know i didn't grow up in it I, well i guess i'd visit kalamazoo a lot and it definitely was a little bit different um from there um i guess you know i don't know how to try to answer that question just grew up like normal people i don't know uh i guess i there? what was the hobbies what oh man now you're asking like random questions um i guess here's here's what i'll say um you know my my childhood overall was pretty good obviously you know things weren't like fantastic like there were definitely rough spots and uh you know things that i had to overcome um but you know we you know i had a great group of friends who definitely got me through it we were up it was we looking back on it my my, my childhood friend group we were not the best kids like there are things we do i'm like oh my goodness if like i had kids right now there's no way i let them hang out with us like it was that bad um but you know it it, it was awesome like you know i tried to stay out of trouble um for the most part again you know i had some uh, crazy friends so it made it challenging at times but um you know being able to get into cross country and stuff really kind of gave me a little bit more focus um, because even before that point, you know, I wasn't even thinking about stuff like um, college or anything. And I was like, I think it was like my sophomore or junior year, one of my teachers was like, um, so you thinking about any colleges? And I'm like, college? Wow, I did not think about that at all. I don't know. Guess we'll see if any um trying to talk to me or anything like that. And, um, but yeah, like overall, you know, I guess it was a semi-normal childhood and um, definitely a uh, little bit of a change with how much I was involved in running. But you were saying that you you started running like around middle school. Who was that person that was there? A person that like got you 
into running or a coach that really influenced you to uh, start running? Um. Well, I mean, I can tell you about my high school coach, which he was amazing. Like one of the best coaches I've had, which I mean, I haven't had a lot. I think I've only had a couple, but um, he definitely was up there and he did an amazing job. Um, he really focused on team and I definitely looked up to him just for, you know, his philosophy and how he always tried to keep us um, team focused. And even when I'd go to these different races, um, you know, I remember it was like one time we, I was just with him on a run and I had finished a race a couple of days before and I was just talking about, um, I think I won the race and like this, when I was running, there was this one random coach who was like, hey, I wish you were, or it was like, wow, you're fast. I wish you were one of my athletes. And I kind of told that to my coach and he's like, well, yeah, it's, that's pretty sad that he can't focus on what he does have and his athletes. And um, that was pretty powerful because it just means of how invested he was just overall in us and not necessarily what we could achieve and, you know, how good we could make yeah. him look. So. For real though, who is that coach that said that? That's weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, focus on your focus on your athletes. But no, it's awesome. It's always powerful when you have a coach that you know cares about you outside of the track. Like, it's not just you're not just the time, you know. And I and then and then and it's like you said that to him. Maybe even thinking like almost like bragging. And it's just like you know what? I'm happy you're fast, but like you know that's. That's not why he's there for, and I'm sure that had an influence on on how you coach too. Now, yeah, no, I've definitely been lucky with the coaches I've had because you know, obviously, every coach wants their athlete to do well, but but yeah. the reasons change, right? And so you can fill that with different programs. Like, there's a lot of programs out there that are like, hey, you run this certain time, um, mm. and if you don't, then you're not on the team, right? And I never ever got the sense from any of my coaches like don't get me wrong my current coach who is my college coach as well he's a very intense guy like he he doesn't come off intense like he's honestly a not really nice guy but like just how hard he pushes for goals um definitely one is the reason i've accomplished really anything i've accomplished to this point um but yeah he he'll just fight and try and do whatever he can to make something happen and sometimes i'll work out and sometimes it uh um, doesn't work out the best, but um, it's ultimately because he cares and he wants to make sure um, that me or anybody he's coaching is achieving as much as they can. And obviously you have the different stories going on, like, you know, just in the last couple of years with all of like the, mm -hmm. the drug stuff with Alberto Salazar and um, different things. And it's like, okay, well, what, what does this sport mean? Like what, what's the goal? You know, do we shrug all that stuff to the side and say, well, you know, we, everybody's trying to get as fast as they can so we understand it or you know do we use the sport for you know a, a higher meaning at least in my opinion and say hey you know how do we use this to reach out to more people and and inspire them to you know push harder and, yeah and, and i feel like what more. you just said like hitting on about alberto salazar and like the drug stuff like i feel like being someone as you people could say that you're sort of more of like a you're like a blue collar runner being like substitute teaching like coaching and still getting the miles in, still getting your runs in and still trying to get the job done and like going to the Olympic trials and everything like that. I feel like 
doing that can be a lot at times. And then you have other athletes like not doing as much. Like, yes, they're going to the work. They're doing their workouts. They're going to the gym. They're doing all the things, getting their recovery in. But that's all they really do. Their, whole, their title, their one title that they have, job title, is like runner. And seeing that like some of them have to go that extra mile and like, and quote unquote, well, I guess not quote unquote, cheat, I guess, go out there and, and cheat or get uh it does lose some type of meaning to the sport. And like, I've been at times like, right, like, what is this, what does it even really mean or anything like that? So what has been like going through like those type of struggles and like trying to strive for those dreams? Have there ever been times where you're all like, dang, like, I don't, I don't know. I think this is too big of a risk to like go for this running dream. And have there been times where I'm like, dang, I just, I don't know if I want to run anymore. Um, yeah, it is definitely been challenging. Like, I mean, um, I'm going to say this, like, if I had just went to go and run with a training group, I would have been faster, right? Like, um, how much faster? I have no idea, you know, would it have been a minute, would it have been two minutes, you know, would I have been able to win the marathon project? I have no idea. But I do know if I had took that route, um, I would have personally felt like I would have impacted a lot less people. And not to say that, you know, those, you know, people who that's their main focus they don't have a lot of outreach and they don't impact people um but you know being able to see the faces that i'm connecting with and being able to um to make sure i i feel like i'm making a personal difference is, is just what i prefer more with the sport and, and what i'm able to achieve you know if if my actions make me a minute slower then then so be it if ultimately i feel like i'm i'm doing something more with it then you know how fast I'm getting, or you know, yeah. you know how many X dollars I'm making. Even though I would prefer to make a few more dollars, but um, you know, ultimately, you know, that's that's kind of our perceived stuff. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. You know, there's definitely, like I said, been times where it's been really rough, and I'm not sure if I'm, you know, just being ridiculous and should go and take my talents as far as I can get them. Then decide to think about all this stuff, or if I should say, you know what. I've made it as far as I can in running. It's kind of holding me back from pursuing other things that um, could get me into a, you know, a stronger career or something like that. But um, I do know I, I, I trust my coach. I, I trust all the people who are around me and they've definitely gotten me through. And um, it's definitely been an awesome journey just being able to push through and find a way to make all of this fit because you know, at the end of the day, um, being able to do this, you know, it's going to be a struggle, but um, yeah, and I, I feel like, like there's worth, definitely you know. a beauty in the struggle yeah. too, because you're able to put your head down and really get down to the down and gritty, and like now you're able, to, people are now being able to see your face, being able to see your story, like doing more of like this running report stuff, and like trying to like grow our Instagram, grow our YouTube, and stuff like that. Like like sometimes things get repetitive in a sense. Like you can even see it through like ESPN, Bleacher Report, like things like that. It's like, man, I just saw this. But in reality, it's all like everybody doesn't like being able to just keep on telling your story. It's like sometimes like you think that everybody has heard it, but in reality, everybody hasn't heard it yet. So like being able like to just put you on our platform is like there's someone out there that hasn't heard this story yet and probably will never hear it. but since they listen to two black runners they're going to be able to hear what you're talking about and i think that's so, so well first just like thank you for coming on and like it, it's also just um it's it's verification of seeing of where your work has gone to 
and like it's still it's still coming to fruition like what you what you've put down and like it's still it's still happening even it may not be the way like you join an elite group but it's still happening and like going off basing off of that like you've been able to reach so many people i want to go back real quick because in 2020 we did like we had that civil unrest in the beginning of the year in that middle of the summer and i was talking to aaron before the show and i really want to ask you like what do you think like that has done what do you think the civil unrest has done and how the running communities responded in that time that has made your performance at the marathon project even greater like to like i feel like it's I feel like that may be, some may say that, yeah. I feel like that's sort of the reason why it's plastered even more. So what do you think the civil unrest has done for, for you in that sense? Um, yeah, so like just kind of speaking to that stuff, just in general, um, obviously, you know, when when there's any kind of injustice, you, you, you have to recognize it. And, um, you know, I, I've been, I, so many different viewpoints I've heard from it. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is, is that obviously there's still things going on that we have to work towards as a country and, and, and push for and become better at. And, um, you know, uh, all of that, um, all of those things that happened definitely probably had some kind of effect on the marathon project because you mm -hmm. take all of that and people are more aware, right? Like, I hope that my, my presence isn't because people, you know, flat out just feel bad for, you know, all the things that happened. I hope it's because, you know, people are just more aware yeah. um, of yeah. just struggling in general or in our are, are, you know, more inspired when they're able to achieve and push past different limitations. That's what I hope is the reason for more, um, you know, put potentially more publicity and more mm -hmm. attention off of the record I broke. Um, but just in general, you know, any kind of focus is good focus as long as, you know, you didn't do anything horrible. But, yeah. um, you know, just because then, you know, when eyes are on you, you can use it as a platform to, to hopefully do good. Again, I'm you know, I'm not saying that I'm doing something amazing or, you know, people are listening They're like, oh, my goodness, you're, you know, and saying incredible things. But, you know, I do hope that I can use it to, you know, inspire even a couple more people to, to you know, again, I keep on repeating this, but just kind of achieve more and, and um, you know, fight for their goals and stuff. So. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think you already have. And I think what's powerful about your story is, too, like, you keep on talking about community and you're such a community guy. And when you think about the injustices that happened um, in 2020 and that are still happening today, you know, senses are, are heightened to those things going on, which brought more attention to your journey. But I'm just even thinking on an even uh, smaller level, since you're so involved in your community, people have seen you for a couple of years, you know, it just, it just leads to conversation. It just leads to more conversation. You know, the kid talk to you at Jimmy John's, you know, like, I don't know. I think little things like that really, really do add up. And I think it does affect people. Um, and it, and I mean, it's sad that we have to do this, but it human, it humanizes, it humanizes us, you know, maybe there was that, maybe there's some kid that, you know, never knew. Not, I'm not even saying a black kid. I'm saying a white kid that saw a black, the black a black man run to 11 and just like oh i didn't know black people could do that like just little things like that i think are are also powerful as well 
Yeah, and like, uh, again, like, I don't want to sound like I'm doing nothing. Like, I, I just kind of say that because, you know, I don't want to be like, you know, woe is me. I'm, you know, some amazing person. But, um, you know, I do honestly feel like I have been making some kind of impact, um, you know, even if it's just with my athletes, right? You yeah. know, just being able to push them through. And there are definitely a lot of people that I enjoy seeing, seeing and, you know, even a lot of those kids struggling with different things. And I just hope I can, you know, find a way to help them out in some way. Um, but yeah, even the kids you mentioned in Jimmy John's, like, I think it definitely mm. helps because I run around the city all the time. So yeah. um, even with running, I think that's a really cool thing is because like when they hear, you know, some guy went and broke this record, they're like, oh, I see that guy running all the time. And it, yeah. you know, might motivate them to, you know, get out the door or try cross country for the first time or, or, you know, feel like they can accomplish whatever they're attempting to do. That thing. I was just gonna say I like how I like how you really uh talk about just like community and that's like one of your I would say it's like one of your whys and something that fuels you. Can you um just talk about why community is so important to you? Like did it have a, a did your community just really affect you when you were younger or is there something about community oh. that just really makes it important yeah. to you? Yeah, I mean I guess, you know, I'd rather do something with people than without people, right? And, and like, early on um, into my post-collegiate career, um, I had a couple different opportunities to kind of pursue different running groups, and I just never had a big passion for it. And, like, it was, like, it was kind of like a next step, like, well, I'm still running, so what am I going to do with that? And so it was yeah. like, well, I guess maybe we need to figure out whether I – need to run or get to a training group or something like that and um so we kind of um bided our time just because we we're like well let's let's try and see if we can get you a little bit faster and then open up a few doors and so in that process obviously i started substitute teaching i started coaching and just fell in love with it and i'm like i i know this is something i want to do and like to the point where i like it wasn't even like, well, maybe this is okay. We'll see how it goes. It was like, no, this is awesome. Literally enjoy like going to practice every day, seeing my athletes' faces, and you know, just helping them whatever way I can. Usually that's coaching, mm-hmm. but you know, if they're having a bad day, then trying to help them through it. Um, and yeah, I never, just, I never got that sense from just kind of going off and and going to run with a group. And so it's like at that point, that's what I really wanted to focus on, and. Um, yeah, and even, again, my coaches had a really big impact on me with that. Um, again, my coach, Dante Alini, who's still my current coach right now, um, again, that's all he focused on. And, and I mean, I'm, again, I'm not going to lie, it was definitely rough when I got onto the team my freshman and sophomore year um, just because he was trying to push that team atmosphere so strongly. It did not work out well for a lot of our mm. athletes and even had a couple people quitting or – or thinking that it was crazy trying to do do what he's trying to do, but um, being able to stay on the team for five years, I got to see fully the process that he was trying to create and how hard he was trying to fight, and that really inspired me to um, to want to make sure I was doing similar with my program. Maybe not as intensely as he did, but um, definitely to that point. And again, with my high school coach as well, um, you know, I just loved going to practice, whether it was because you know. I got to hang out with my friends or just, you know, hear a random story he was going to get ready to tell or, 
how motivated us for the day was just really things I gravitated towards and um, really thought were awesome and kind of just flooded into my my coaching personally and just yeah, then I also wanted to ask you too because we talked a lot about the people in like your personal life that has inspired you from like your coaches in that standpoint. But were there any like when you were younger or even still now, were there any uh, black athletes or just black or white athletes, athletes in general, or just historical figures or people that have like inspired you to get to this point as well? Hmm. Um. Whew. That is a good question. Like, I, I guess I don't think too like, <laughs> if I'm being honest, like, probably, like, one of my bigger influences when mm-hmm. I was a kid was probably watching a lot of anime. Um, I don't hey. know if you guys know who uh, what Dragon Ball Z is. But, oh, um, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I'd say definitely Goku probably was uh, one of my biggest inspirations. But, um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, most people don't know who that is. Yeah, and like I mean it sounds it sounds kinda of goofy, but when you're a kid, you know, you have your friends, you have a couple random people and then you just kinda of have what whatever occupies your time. So like cartoon or uh were a big um occupy my time a lot and you know, one thing I guess even to speak on that, like one thing you know, I enjoyed about watching um Goku, which if people don't know who that is, it was it was just a character on a show and he was the main character and basically um you know yeah. he, he loved fighting uh, which sounds kind of bad but you know he loved to fight loved to get stronger and you know he never did it because he flat out was trying to win he just did it because he enjoyed it and he wanted to test his body and see how um you know how strong he could get and that kind of resonated with me which is probably why initially when i started running i was like well i'm gonna try my best and do as hard as i could um yeah so like there that's about the only thing i can think of really because other if i didn't say that my only other answer would have been like yeah just my coaches and stuff but you know probably had a bigger influence on me than i probably think too too. i love that answer by the (laughs) way i love that answer i grew up on dragon ball z bro so i love that answer and but people that don't watch anime, like anime is so inspiring, bro. They be going on these long monologues. My Hero Academia, I be watching that. Deku be, he be like, I just want to be a hero. I be almost tearing up, bro. Like, yeah, funny, funny story. I um, so my coach, he did not, he does not. Well, originally he did not like anime, and I'm like, oh, you know, you've never seen it. Like, you you have to at least give it a try. So. He watched um, Death Note, Fire. which I'm sure you guys know what that Fire. is. I don't know. I don't know if uh, the anybody listening would know what that is. And he watched it. He's like, oh, you know what? That's not bad. You know what? It's not anime. Is not as bad as I thought it was. And then I got him to watch My Hero um, Academia, and he, I don't know why, <laughs> but he flat out just loved that show. Like there hey. are a few things that he was like, you know what? I would rather not watch this, but most of it, he was like, <laughs> yeah. wow, I'm just impressed with the storyline. It how is. are about life and different things so yeah definitely can gain a lot um from it so if anybody's listening yeah watch a lot of anime um you know if you're looking for shows to watch my only hero annoying academia, thing about my hero like is like midoriya just be crying too much sometimes i'm all like bro like chill out like you're strong midoriya you're strong it's gonna take time bro but like stop crying uh, hey well, homie be hating on him for no reason though too like <laughs> 
<laughs> Golly, that's the only yeah. problem I have with my hero. But besides that, great show and Demon Slayer as well. Great Attack on Titan. We can go on. We can go on. We can go on. Yeah, honestly, go on. Another question I want to ask you too about just being like a flat fastest U.S. Uh, black marathoner all time. Like you, I've seen you, you did a lot of podcasts and anything, and also speaking to Aaron off wax. We were kind of thinking like, bro, has it has it become like your your uh your Black Panther like Wakanda forever? Like every single time where you go now, like you you keep on having to like repeat yourself in a sense. Has it become like annoying at times that like, dang, I gotta keep on talking about this, keep on talking about this? Like, how is that? Just like we could just be real. Like I know I know we we just kind of just talked about man, you gotta keep on sharing your, you keep on sharing your story. But like at times, are y'all like, dang, I don't want to get up and talk about this again. Like I I don't know. I think it's just a real question. Um, it's interesting. Like there there are a few times where like people reach out. Like you guys reached out, and like obviously you know I didn't know you guys at this at, at that point, mm-hmm. but. You reached out. I was like, "Hey, yeah, we'd love to have you on my on our podcast." And I'm like, "Oh my yeah, god, yeah, yeah, another yeah. podcast! Like these are getting old." Um, and <laughs> and but but like I enjoy telling my story. I enjoy meeting new people, and um, you know, each podcast I go on, there's always like a different feel to it. So. Um, I always feel like the story is the same, so I kind of just get into rhythm, and there's different parts where I just kind of spew it out yeah. and like don't even think about it because I've said it so many times. But there's different stuff like that anime stuff I just talked about, yeah, and any other podcast. So like, there's always points where I'm like, oh wow, I can kind of say this and or say it in a different way and express it maybe a little bit better or maybe some way where it. I'm just nice that we got exclusives. We got exclusives on your. <laughs> I know. I was like, yes, no one. He, I, I was like, I'm we pretty, like yeah, like thinking about it. There might, like, there, there might be only like one podcast, maybe two podcasts, where there wasn't something specific I said that I didn't say uh, in another podcast. But that's only because of the questions and and like the the people asking. Now we're back to one of these like general that, questions too. Like, what do you have planned for 2021? What was What's the, what do you have any, do you have any plans like for your next race or just how is training going too a little bit? Um, yeah, so everything is just, you know, we try and uh, create a plan and then it kind of changes based on what sounds really good. But obviously we're so early into, um, what we could do for 2021. This is the time where things are going to change. They, they kind of change in these next couple months and then they're kind of locked in. They don't really change at all. Um, but yeah, so, um, right now we're kind of focused on the 15 K championships, um, just because we started working, um, with Howie management. So, um, I saw that. one, I know, yeah, another good thing is I got a manager off of the marathon project, which is Let's definitely, awesome. yeah, he is an awesome guy. He's, uh, Meb Kofletsky's brother. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, he, hands down, like, I feel like I'm in good hands and I feel like he's going to try and do. Uh, what he can to kind of, you know, give me a shot to either have a contract or, or get into great opportunities to either, you know, get a lot of prize money or, you know, different deals or something like that as far as, um, you know, contracts or sponsorships go. That's, um, I love it. Hey, let's get this man paid. Let's get this man paid. He's putting in work. Get, coming the on the podcast. Come on. Can we get this man played? 
Uh, it would be nice, but you know, again, like I'm all about the process. So you know, if it, you know, if somebody signs me in the next, you know, month, that's gonna be awesome. You know, it's definitely gonna help me out because, again, you know, it's not the easiest kind of juggling everything. But, um, you know, if it takes longer, then I'm gonna roll with it and do what I can. So you know, that's how we've been operating so far. Um, my coach is a little bit more antsy than I am. I think every single time. I see him, which is pretty much, you know, every other day. And I'll call him, like, um, every day. He just talks like, hey, Dre didn't say anything about a thing like that. I'm like, no, he didn't say anything. I haven't even talked to him for a couple of days. He's like, okay, well, just let me know. Keep me updated. So. Hey, it's, it's I'm, I'm, we're believing it. I also you. want to talk I, I about, uh, happen you, you have like you, a, the Great yeah. Lakes uh, track club as well. And we want to just also just want to talk about like, what's like the mission really there with the Great Lake track club and what you do there as well. Yeah. So originally we, we had, a, and I mean, I'm not trying to say we don't have an emphasis on community, but originally um, we wanted to, when we first started pre-COVID, um, we had a very big um, goal to have a huge outreach into the community. So putting on races, putting on different mm-hmm. um, group runs and different things like that. And um, so, yeah, we were just getting it started. And I think COVID hit like two weeks or a week before we we're going to have like the initial launch to public so the public could join and do all these things. Um, and so we had to shut it down. So that kind of like moved everybody's decisions around. A couple people decided to go to a couple other groups and, um, it really left us kind of in limbo. And so, um, we kind of reconvened and, and kind of talked and say, you know what, what, what are we able to do? How are we able to, to reach out if we're going to reach out? Um, so really right now we're focused on one, ultimately, you know, figuring out, um, you know how how can we grow like more of the elite side and through that how can we use that to reach out um because again we don't want to put like i was all for pretty much anything but i know it's putting a lot of stress on other people just to try and commit to everything um so i think we're gonna be very connected with just the local running um the local i guess running community in general um, you know, when we have time, reach out to them, go to different um, groups that they're putting on or go to different races. Um, and when things kind of build back up, we're going to probably put on more of our own races and do a little bit more outreach. But um, yeah, that's the, I guess the original feel of it is just kind of uh, an elite running group that kind of did it differently. So not, not so much that we would like, cause any running group, like basically besides the elite groups and even some of the elite um, really running groups are solely based on community. Um, and so we wanted to be a, yeah. an elite group to kind of tapped into that. So um, we, we kind of stepped back a little bit and not as ambitious, but we still want to have that feel and, um, you know, feel like we're an elite group doing it differently. So, yeah, I mean, there's a, you, you have a lot going on, so I'm sure that's hard to manage to manage too. But that's one thing that's awesome about running. I feel like every every town should have some type of running club or group. And I just, I don't know, running brings people together and it builds communities. So that's awesome to hear you're involved in that too. But we've talked a lot about your love for for coaching. Um, how far do you see that coaching career going once you're completely done uh, with, with your racing career too? Yeah, I I hope that regardless to what happens, I I don't stop coaching. That 
definitely things would take a big shift if that happened. Um, and I, you know, if I can stay at the high school level, ultimately that's what I'm going to do. Um, but I'm doing different things, um, right now, like I'm starting to, um, reach out and coach more, um, Mm -hmm. uh, more adult level runners. So people who might be post-collegiate or people who are kind of picking up running or people who, you know, have some background, but just need a coach to help them out. So I'm doing a little bit more outreach with that. And if, you know, it turns into something that, you know, 10 years down the road, you know, I'm, I'm able to make a living off of that and I'm going to, you know, stick with it and do some kind of combination with my current high school coaching. Um, if it looks like, Hey, that's not taking off. I can't truly generate a career just on like subbing and, and coaching, which you, you can, I would not recommend trying to generate a career just doing that. But, um, you know, if it looks like that's not working out, then I'd probably look and say, well, um, do I go into more college level coaching and, and kind of use my skills that way and, and kind of, um, you know, push for a career and in, in that aspect. But yeah, ultimately, hopefully, whatever I do, yeah, most um, definitely, I, I love to hear it. And man, we're we're definitely behind you and, and rooting for you, and hope that all all those things like come to fruition. I think you're gonna make a big impact. You already made a big impact on your community, and I think really this is really just the start for you, and it's gonna be exciting just to see uh, where you get taken off, take off from here. And so as we close out this podcast, first I'll just thank you for coming on again and sharing your story for about the 50th time. It probably won't be the last, but just thank you for coming on the podcast. But we just have a few more questions and then we're going to close out. My first one is that like, was there somebody that was, that like went into your DMs after you like hit this record and that you were just like really surprised to hear from? Was there like a famous like athlete or just like, just a heartfelt message that like really like surprised you or anything like that did that happen at all or, or not um oh i'd have to think about that like i don't think i get anybody like crazy big i know obviously like a, a lot of the um um you know bigger name runners where i think a few of them started following me and mm-hmm. crazy message though um the um I did think it was really, like, when I was, I got a lot of, like, heartfelt, um, I did get a lot of heartfelt messages from people reaching out to that and talked to in, like, 10, 12 years. I'm like, oh, wow, how how'd you even hear about this race? Because it was, like, a day after. I'm like, what the? Um, um, but, yeah, it was a, um, I think the biggest outreach I was getting was um, getting ready for Olympic trials, and that was more with just the community in general like there were so many people like oh yeah thanks for being my sub and you know i i see you out running that's awesome that you're doing this and different things like that i did have my um neighbor which i guess apparently they follow my running like it was like two days after i got back um they were just driving by it's like hey didn't you just uh break a record or something i'm like yeah he's like well nice work good job and i'm like thank you and like thinking about, I'm like, how in the world did you even hear about that? Like, this was before like almost any of the stuff was like getting onto like social media or anything. So I was hey. just, like, really shocked. Shout out to your neighbor, bro. That's a real <laughs> fan right there. Yeah, that's a real supporter right there. They they knew. Hey, uh, another question. We were gonna ask you top three favorite sitcoms, but now that we got to know you a little bit, what's your top three animes? Oh gosh. Oh, now you're switching it up. Um, top three favorite anime. That is tough. Ooh, um, uh, definitely my heroes up there. Um, 
Dragon Ball Z is really good. Um, I'm going to have to put Dragon Ball Z up there. And then, oh man, there are so many. Oh, uh, I, Code Geass maybe would be the other, no, other I one. I don't know if you guys one. ever watched that one. I haven't seen that one. Haven't watched <laughs> Guys are not uh, not right, anime right, fans. Hey, we gotta step up, bro. We gotta step up. Um, but probably if it wasn't Kogi, I would be a uh, Full Metal Alchemist. Okay, those are all, yeah, those are some classics of classics in there for and sure. Another another question we uh, had. I kind of want to switch this up too because I think it'd be fun as well. We do this one of if you could have a dinner or like a sit down or a talk with five people, dead or alive, who would they be? But I think I would be also be interesting. If we get not specifically just anime characters, but just characters as well. So you can so some would say I would I would love to sit down with like Martin Luther King and Goku and see where that conversation could go. But like <laughs> if you could do like five people dead or alive or like characters, movie characters, anime, you can go five people that you would love to sit down with and have a conversation. Let's open those box. Five people. Oh man. Yeah. These are one of the questions I should have honestly researched. I am not good with these. Um, I I know that, like I can't think of them right now, but there are like a lot of people I'd want to sit down and conversate with. Um, oh, uh, um, but probably we'll we'll go with uh, Terry Crews, Goku, and um, Dave Chappelle. That's an interesting group right there. That's an interesting group. <laughs> Dave Chappelle might be roasting some people. <laughs> but Definitely be... roast me for my picks, I bet you that. <laughs> You're like, you brought Goku? Of all the people. Hey, <laughs> uh, I, I got an easy... I got an easy question for you, though. I got an easier question. So... When you're not when you're not running or coaching, what else what else are what are you doing? Is there anything else? Any other hobbies you have when you're just chilling? You're not 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 running. Um, I'm big into board games and card games. So I'll go to my Ooh. coach's house and we'll play a lot of different games as well. And then um, I have a friend group that plays a lot of Magic, so I'll play Magic with them. Um, and then yeah. Watch obviously a decent amount of anime and um yeah other than that I don't know I guess I'm not very uh spontaneous guy so you connect but, uh, connect for taboo like what, what oh I guess I I I used to play a lot of Overwatch okay. if you know what that game is Overwatch I have not played what you yeah, have not played Overwatch I mean it was popular like that. three or four years ago or something like that but. Oh, I have not, but I have played. Um, I've heard of one. A uh, one night yeah. werewolf. You I've heard of that. I've heard that, of that that's game. really fun. Um, one night werewolf. I've played a lot of mafia. Um, I don't even know how. It's, I've heard of secret history. Another know, question in honor of Black History like, Month. I think one of the biggest things Black History Month is like the movies and really remembering the things that uh, happen and like reflecting in those movies and a lot of movies get made. And I love movies. So I'm just curious, what's one of like your quote unquote favorite black movies in a sense, if you, if you have one? Um, I mean, I don't know if it, you know, I was going to say counts. pretty much anything with Eddie Murphy, but um, like, 
I think he did what his last movie was like. Yeah, that movie was it Dolomite. Was that one? Yeah, yeah. Dolomite. I really like that one. That was good. Um, that was one that just kind of popped into my head. But um, my my sisters would say, or one of my hey, sisters hey, would hey, say, "Love and Basketball." She watched that's that all the time. That's my favorite. That's my favorite movie, bro. She watched it too much, though. It was way, way too. I like it got to the point where I could not stand seeing that movie turn on. I like instantly get angry because she played it so much. <laughs> one more game. <laughs> Hey, Quincy Hello. was nice. Quincy was nice to lead towards ACL. He was nice at times. So I was like, ah, oh, dang. And then another question. We always ask our guests on this one because sometimes it get hard to who we want to have on next. Who should we have next onto the podcast? Just who just pops in your mind, either a famous, famous athlete, uh, anything of that such a nature or anyone. Who should we have next on the podcast? Who fits the two black runners mold? Two black. Oh, um, I probably, which I mean, he's not, he's not crazy popular, but he is an awesome guy. Like very, so much energy. Awesome to be around. Um, he's one of my teammates, but, um, yeah, his name is, uh, um, oh man, I'm going to mess up his last, it's, uh, exactly. We just call him Zach. I think it's like Zacchaeus. This is, um, actual full name. Um, but Zacchaeus Wildner, and yeah, he's like a 147, 800 guy, runs for mm-hmm. our team right now, but lots of energy, but I don't know if he's uh, famous enough for you guys, but just a thought that popped in my head. Okay, shout out Zach. We might have to have him on a, on a Tuesday on the IG Live. IG Live, no, he's an awesome guy. Like, you guys would definitely enjoy having him on, and yeah, it's pretty cool. But other than that, like some more famous person, um, uh, Dave Chappelle. Hey, hey, shout out Chappelle. We need you on you here. Do? You got COVID Dave right Chappelle now. COVID. But... Oh, I don't mean it might be that. out of his system, but he oh, got wow. it. He got it like a week or so ago. Yeah, I think he was asymptomatic. I think he's he's gonna be okay. Like Dang. he's gonna survive. That, hey, shout out Dave Chappelle. Got it. Great guy. <laughs> All right. Our last question. We always ask this to everybody on the podcast. Uh, what mark do you want to leave on the sport when it's all said and done? Um, I guess the biggest thing is you should never give up. Um, if you have a goal, then fight for it. Um, and, and, you know, don't, don't do it alone. You know, bring people with you. And uh, make sure somebody's also fighting with you, and you know, because at the end of the day, like it's pretty lonely at the top, hey, so you might as well have a couple people with you. Hey, appreciate you, Nathan, coming on Sorry. to the podcast. Like I said before, uh, your your story has definitely inspired us. I think it's inspired people all across the nation and the world and the running community. And I think especially in your hometown and the things you're doing around, I think you're doing great things and on the greater and better things. And you're you're we're officially inducting you into the running report family, bro. So if you ever want to come back on two black runners or nothing, or if we ever in Michigan, we may we may just have to hit you hook you up, hit you up, and pull you up real quick. We have to pull up. Uh, I would not come to Michigan right now, though. I believe it. I believe it. I'm enjoying the (laughs) 70 degrees in Cali right now. So it's it's. (laughs) Ah, why would you say that? 
<laughs> Why would you say that? It's so horrible. It's so bad. Why would you say that? I think I'm pretty oh, sure it's going to get in the single geez. digits. Yeah, I ain't for that. I ain't for that. Aaron, you got anything else to say before we sign out, bro? As always, if you listen this far into the podcast, uh, you are a true homie, and we really do appreciate you. Uh, one other person we appreciate is our sponsor, Tracksmith. Thank you so, thank you so much, Tracksmith, for empowering us and pushing the sport forward. We just want to say um, thank you to you, but also if y'all go ahead and use the discount code Culture15, you will get fifteen dollars off your first purchase of seventy-five dollars or more. So go ahead and check that out. As I said again, I'm sorry, shameless plug. Pause the podcast right now. You know, make sure y'all go rate uh, it. Cinco. You know, give us five stars. Cinco. You know, leave a little comment down there. I mean, if, you know, just help it help us out. You know, we really appreciate we really appreciate everything y'all do. And I gotta also say thank you to the boy Nathan for coming on, bro. It was a pleasure speaking with you, bro. Man, it was awesome being on. You guys are awesome. Definitely love the uh, duo synergy. Appreciate it, man. Everybody, thank you guys for listening to the Two Black Runners podcast. See y'all next week on Two Black Tuesday. Let's get it.